Air, water, earth, fire. For hundreds of years, the four nations have lived in harmony. The Avatar, master of all four elements, has always been responsible for maintaining the peace. But Avatar Roku passed away 13 years ago, and now the four nations look to the air nomads to reveal the next Avatar. But the world is met in silence. Five young heroes stopped a secret Fire Nation invasion on their way to deliver the news of the Air Nomad genocide to Ba Sing Se. Now the world knows of the loss of the Air Nomads and both the Water Tribes and the Earth Kingdom prepare for all-out war. But as harmony is dissolved, our young heroes need to address the agitated spirits and bring peace back to the world. Welcome to another episode of the Flying Bison Podcast. We're going to just jump into it because today is a very special episode. We announced last week that our very own Monroe got an incredible new job. And because of that, needs to take a little bit of a break from the Flying Bison Podcast. It's bittersweet because we are going to miss her dearly, but we know that this job is an incredible opportunity and focusing on herself and listeners focusing on yourself is always the most important thing. So we wish Monroe the best and we're sad she's gone. So mm-hmm. today's episode is going to be hopefully a tribute episode to a beloved character. And because of that, we I really want to make sure that we stick the landing on that. So I, this episode is going to be a little bit closer to Osa's last test, where we left some room for improv. Um, but I've got a little bit more of a heavy hand on where this episode is going, because we want to make sure that we send Liko off well. In the tradition of an episode that focuses on a singular character in the Avatar world, I have already named this episode. And a pun would not do. And so without further ado, the Flying Bison podcast presents Liko Alone. The scene opens on a wooden shack in a dense jungle. The walls are riddled with holes, and quickly the door swings open, and a hooded figure is dragging two bodies out of the house. The figure continues dragging them until they get to a giant banyan tree, seemingly in the heart of this jungle. The figure finds a small opening in some of the gnarled roots before pushing them aside to reveal a passage traveling deep underneath the tree. We shift now to a wide open cavern and underneath we can see ancient roots crisscrossing every way. Slowly, in the bottom left of the screen, out of a tunnel, the figure pulls these two bodies into the middle of the cavern. Right in front of this giant stone door with three altars out, uh, by in front of the door. The hood comes off to reveal the face of a younger Iron. He stares at the bodies of Liko's father and mother, Sutik and Konedi. I am sorry for what had to happen. You, you have to know I, I never planned this. I, 
I wanted you to by my side so badly. You of all people have seen who the White Lotus has become, what they've allowed to happen on their watch. I'm just sorry it came to this. You both deserved so much more. Ligo deserves so much more. Just know that I will find her. She will help me finish what we started. And his eyes brimming with tears, he reaches to his side and takes out a shovel. He begins digging and eventually digs two holes in which he lowers the bodies of his former friends. Iron buries these two here beneath the banyan tree and in front of the giant locked door, Iron falls to his knees and weeps. And the scene shifts Iron is still on his knees, but his silhouette is larger now. He's carrying a backpack that appears to have something squirming inside of it. And he's digging again. And eventually the graves that he dug all those years ago are dug back up. He stares at the skeletal remains of Sutik and Konetti. How long has it been? His voice is soft, filled with nostalgia. I found her, you know, Liko. Kanu raised her right here in the swamp under my nose. I, I never found her. She's made some friends, good ones. They're watching out for her. And she is so strong, Konetti, just like you were. And I've seen that even when she doubts, she figures out what she's sure of. <laughs> Sutek, you would be so proud of her. I wish that the two of you could see her. Well, he pauses. Perhaps if all goes according to plan, you will. You recognize this, don't you? And out of that same pack in that same place where he pulled that shovel out years ago he pulls a sword hilt holds it in front of him the jewel in the center of the hilt glows red briefly and begins subtly vibrating in its place I have to thank my friend Batok for taking this from that insufferable eye saw I had no need of it it was just collecting dust but me? This will open the way to a new future. I have you and your family to thank for that. He stares at the skeletons in front of him, pulls the sword around. Thankfully, there's just enough of your blood that this should still work. And he holds the sword over the two bodies. And nothing happens for a moment before the skeletons begin vibrating in sync with the jewel in the hilt. Slowly, we start to see minuscule drops of blood start to be pulled out of the skeleton. Start to drip all the way down before floating up to be collected in that jewel in the hilt. And when all the blood 
coalesces into this jewel. It glows brightly for a second and then fades. He looks at the jewel and the hilt, looks at the bodies and smiles. Just one more. And then he turns and he leaves the banyan tree. The scene fades to black. It's some weeks now after the assault on Kyoshi Island. We open on a bustling street in an overcrowded city. Merchants are hawking their wares. There's a group of kids who are earthbending a stone ball down the street, playing some sort of version of Earth Nation kickball with it. Text appears on the lower third. It says, Ba Sing Se. Four months till the day that stars fall. Liko, you are wandering through the streets, trying to avoid getting dust on you, an impossible task here in the lower ring. Your thoughts are racing. They have been ever since you did what you did to Kavo. Because something hasn't quite sat right with you since that day. You all cleaned up Kiyoshi Island. Rosic is still missing. And you all made your way back here to Ba Sing Se. Your friends all think that the threat is over, that you've won, and it's time now to relax. But something has been nagging you because you feel, no, it's more than a feeling. You know that Kavo isn't dead. This feeling started when your dreams started changing. First, you chalked it up to all the things that you and your friends have been through. But as the dreams got more and more real, you started seeing things that hadn't happened yet. The one image that has stuck in your mind is of you holding a blood red sword over your head and as you raise it your body begins disintegrating slowly being pulled into a jewel in the hilt of the sword before the entire blade takes on this seemingly contradictory bright and yet somehow dull red hue And in this dream, as your chi and your being merge completely with this sword, you know that this sword can hurt anything, even spirits. The sword then clatters to the ground and a hand picks it up, holds it in front of his face. It is iron. But it's not an iron that we've seen before. Those same cracks that you saw in Kavo are now on iron. It looks as though a corruption has ravaged his body. You know, Liko, that you are no more. And so you're not quite sure how to bring this up to your friends. If Kavo isn't dead, if Iron isn't dead, everything that you all have lost 
has been for nothing. And so for the last few weeks, you've been investigating this sword by yourself, tracking down leads and scholars all across the four nations, and none of them have panned out. But this last one is promising. But it's one you've been avoiding. There's a rumor that there's a hermit that lives in the foggy swamp. A hermit who fled a small northern water tribe village after a mysterious illness ravaged through her town. The rumor is that she might not know where the sword is, but she knows its purpose. You just need a couple more supplies before you can head out again, back to the place where you grew up. And as you approach the general store, there's a figure standing just outside the door, waiting specifically for you. You see Che. Hey. Hey. You stalking me now? Hey, you're the one who got here after me. That kind of infers that you were following me. Just mm. throwing it out there. Yeah. What are you up to? Uh Justin, what kind of supplies am I looking for? It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I think I just want to find some some more vials of water, but I want right. like a nice vial, not just any vial. <laughs> All right, we can look for that. Mhm. Mm so how you been? Well, uh, you know, Rosic's still gone. And what, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing. I just, as I start uh, walking around in the store, not making eye contact with him, I just feel mm. like something is off. I don't know, maybe it's because everything is good and happy. Maybe there's a part of me that is always looking for something wrong in the situation, but something just feels feels off to me. And I can't seem to shake it. Well, I trust your instinct. But, and if you need help looking into something, I can help you. Um, well, okay, I've been having these nightmares, and I, I don't really know what exactly happens in them, I just remember images of a sword, a red sword, and I, I disappear into it. And, uh, Iron is there, but he, he, um, he, he looks, I don't know. I don't, he just. Was he like a grim reaper or something? Take you to the next life or? No, he, um. Uh... He looks a lot like 
well, let's just say he's got some dark matter in between the cracks. Yeah. Uh, I'll step up closer to Liko and <clears throat> puts put a hand on her shoulder and one on her hand. She's like reaching out to grab something. I don't. I'm not very good at the, the spirit stuff, um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can ask somebody who would know more, know how to interpret that. It. Um, I don't know. I guess we avoid blades for a little while, especially ominous red ones. Try to learn more. Yeah. I don't know. It just, um, I didn't get it once. I I got it multiple times, Jay. Yeah, it sounds like some spirit stuff. But I think I die. You're not going to die. I will not let that happen. You say that, but you, you don't really know. Hey, I can Literally. I can melt Earth again. All right, we're fine. We got this. I hope you're right. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I can't guarantee anything. I actually can't, but I'll be there. And I'll fight for you until it all goes away. And I just look off to the side and nod. All right. Well, I don't see the right files here, so maybe we should go to another store. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> A little shopping trip then. Mm-hmm. And you spend some time, and uh, eventually you get all the supplies that you need in order to, to search for this hermit in the foggy swamp. And, um, yeah, Liko, it is your decision. Do you go alone? Or do you bring Che? Do you bring Ren? Do you bring Sho? So, um, oh, excuse me. Where, um, where are we staying at? We're in our house, right? Yeah, you guys still have that house in the upper ring of Ba Sing Se. Okay. So, Liko's in her room, and I'm kind of packing up, and I would assume that I hear footsteps coming in. Justin, who could it be? Yeah, I I think we've talked to Che. Let's, I think Ren, maybe you're, you're walking, and who knows where Ren's mental state is these weeks after. I think Ren looks a bit sleepless, um, partly why his footsteps were so pronounced. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit of like a awkward walk shuffle. And he rubs his eyes and uh, peeks into your room. Hey guys, uh, anybody hungry? Now you know that Ren has been eating pretty much nonstop <laughs> during this entire several week period. 
Um, and I and just... it has been quite a chore to keep the pantry full. Uh, I just close up my bag and I say, no, no, you, it's all yours, Ren. Okay. Let me know if you want anything in particular or I'll just keep getting the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I look like I'm about to say something, but I decide not to instead. Mm. And I pat you on the shoulder and I start to make my way out the door. You guys running errands too? Um, with my back towards him. Something like that. Just don't be gone long this time. And I just feel this great sadness. And I really try hard not to tear up. And I say, I'll try my best. And I start okay. to take a few steps. And then I turn around and I say, Ren, um, you know, do you like Rue? Yeah. Yeah, I think she, uh, I think she likes you too. You After know, all this uh, time, a, you think? In a weird way. <laughs> okay. In her own little rude way. Um. Did she tell you that? That's good. No. Oh. But I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Okay. Ren, if, um, if something were to happen to me, like in the future, like this is a, just a scenario. Uh-huh. Um, would you mind looking after her for me? Yeah, I can do that. But don't do anything... Don't let anything happen to you. Like I said, it was this random scenario of something that could happen in the future when I'm old and gray, maybe. I know we've been through a lot lately. I get it. <clears throat> I think we're safe now, though. Okay. Okay. I'll go get, I'll go eat more food. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta do my errands. See you soon. So I turn around and I just start walking. You get outside and Rue is just in the middle of a, a otter nap in the, the midday sun. She does one of those cute like uh, stretches, long stretches. <sighs> Hey, room. You ready? Get on room. And I, uh, yeah. uh, I don't get on her yet. I just kind of put okay. my bag on, on her, and I 
Go inside to look for Che. Where is Che? Um, actually, as you, as you kind of put your bag on on Rue, uh, you kind of look over, and Che is fully dressed, uh, with a pack sitting next to him, uh, leaning against Rue, sleeping. Okay. So I uh, I just kind of nudge you on your shoulder. Oh, I, oh, oh, okay, we're gone. Sorry, you're one of those um, you're one of those boyfriends that just sticks around all the time, aren't you? I mean, as much as I can. <laughs> Good. And well, then, also, uh, third time's a charm, right? You're leaving the group. This is the third time. I think I'm going to come along this time. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have it any other way. Good. And, um... Once I secure my my uh, bag, and I think about it for a little while, and I I tell you, um, you know, I think I think I forgot something. So I run inside, and I run. Run is like like back in there. He had quickly grabbed like something from the like closest possible shack. He has always the shortest route possible. <laughs> He's not been particular about what he gets. It's kind of like the lowest cost, greasiest, like intersection of like lobster and pork. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like mid mouthful, a little bit grease faced. Yeah. I um. Che and I aren't running errands. Um, mm-hmm. There's something I have to do. I can explain more on the way there, but uh, I didn't want to leave you again. Ren's face suddenly shifts to one of alertness and tenderness. Okay, I'll get my stuff. He gets up, not letting go of his lobster pork. And he emerges a moment later from his room uh, with his satchel. I don't know if you intended, but a uh, avatar lobster pig is a terrifying animal. <laughs> <laughs> but like, kind of delicious sounding. You know kind of I mean? delicious. It sounds delicious, but uncooked and alive it sounds like a yeah absolutely you know enough about horrid both of those very sure. terrifying <laughs> just very eldritch brindle <laughs> wood bay throwback sorry yeah that's what took that's what took oni <laughs> uh so i would guess that ren and Liko walk out of the building together towards rue and che hmm Che is now in the saddle, but sleeping. And, um, and then I just uh, hop on. So uh, we're not bringing show? I actually haven't seen him around. Okay, but we'll be back soon, right? I mean, do you know where he is? I'll leave that up to Johnny. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, at least Che and Ren have seen Sho 
a fair amount. He's got like scouts looking for Rosa, and he's been like giving regular reports. Checks yeah, for updates, say, but still working a lot. Show's probably pretty busy with the daily. So if you if you want to grab Show, you would need to probably go to the palace in order to find him. Yeah, the only time we ever catch him is his office, unless he finds us first. But whether or not he's in there right now is kind of a gamble. Okay, well, maybe we should go just to tell him where we're at. Sure. You know, okay. That way, if we need help or something, he's always been there. While we're on the subject, where are we at? Where are we going? We're in a backyard. Oh, where are we going? I don't know either, actually. I just, I'm just here. And with that, I say home. And Rue just takes off. And we are on our way to Shoban. Uh, I think at this point, too, uh, that the palace has created a, like, opening for you for, like, Rue to, like, land in towards the top. Um, so that way you can you can leave and go quickly and easily. Um, and it's it's close. It's close to uh, Shoban's office. It's close to uh, the Earth King as well. Okay, so once we land, I say, anyone know where uh, Sho's office is? As as you guys are landing, like as you're asking this, you see Shoban is like walking out with like a stack of papers. He looks utterly exhausted. Um, he's just like, I'm so sorry, you guys. It's still no word. I've sent out messengers to see if the scouts have seen anything, but I don't know yet. Hey, if he doesn't um, want to be found, he's not going to me. <clears throat> Don't worry about yeah, it. Just, I feel like he needs our help. I want to find him. Yeah, but, but he really doesn't want it. So, regardless, I, are are you guys going somewhere? I haven't seen all three of you in Rue in what three weeks? Yeah, stuff has been going on, and I need to find out what's wrong. So I'm headed back to Foggy Swamp. Uh, okay. Um. Wait, right here. And Shoban just turns, like, runs back inside, and comes back out with a pack and none of the papers, and just starts climbing right on roof. <laughs> all right. Looks like the gang's all here. And then we take off, Justin. You fly out of the Earth Palace and begin making your way to the Foggy Swamp. And it takes you a day or two to get there. Um, so I don't know if there's any conversation that you have. It could be on Rue. It could be as you land and camp for the night if you wanted to have a singular conversation with someone. Um, you let me know. Otherwise, I can just skip to the Foggy Swamp. Um, yeah, let's uh, take a night off. Just kind of camp out for a little while. <laughs> I bend up a uh, <laughs> an enclosure for us. That looks <laughs> strangely outhouse-like, but outhouse -like. very large. <laughs> <laughs> like a large outhouse. <laughs> 
and um, Lika, who are you planning to talk to? If it is one person or if it's multiple, you know, everybody. Um, I would think that Lika's probably the type of person who wouldn't go up to someone to have a yeah. conversation. Yeah. But um, I think um, she has, if I remember correctly, she has like a dragon medallion or something or did she have did she have something from season one i know you had a tattoo i know yeah i know i have that on my head but i thought she had something that she carried with her um that uh her aunt gave her didn't she or something like that too this sounds familiar it sounds familiar yeah i think i think you had some sort of medallion yeah 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 rule of cool you can have whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is your episode (laughs) in fact you know what you gm this episode i'm just gonna sit back (laughs) (laughs) um i thought like she had one so yeah let's just have i'll be um laying down just kind of looking at it thinking about all the dreams sort of feeling a little bit like Ren when I'm afraid to sleep. Hmm. Mm. Well, then maybe that's the natural conversation at this point because yeah. Che and Sho are probably fast asleep. Earthbending that giant outhouse really took it out of Che <laughs> and <laughs> Sho's, Sho's just a natural sleeper. And it is the it is the two of you who are, are restless this night Ren is staring into the fire with the same baggy eyes you've seen for some time now I'm glad you brought us but you know I I forgive you for going away again before I hope I said that I feel like I'm not thinking really clearly these days I'm sorry I uh, I left because I thought I could help Che, and uh, turns out when I left, I, I, I it wasn't even about him. Hmm. What uh, was it about? It Me. I don't know. Um. It was just about how I've been holding myself back and, you know, I I don't know. A journey to self-discovery. Yeah. So this guru guy that you mentioned a while back, do you feel like you learned whatever you were looking for? Um, I was looking for a way to help Che, but it turns out Che had had it in him all along. Hmm. I didn't find what I was looking for, but it didn't mean I didn't find what I needed to. Hmm. Did he happen to give you any tips or tricks for sleep? Absolutely not. Okay. Just curious. Are, uh, are you? Are you okay? 
I still think about Osa a lot. And um, I feel like I can't decide if we've won or not. That's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes the winds don't really feel like winds. Yeah. I hope it gets better. Yeah. Um. When ha- and I look at him. Try to say something, but I can't find the words. So I. I just say. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, maybe if you think of it later, tell me then. And then I stare into the to the fire, and then I say, "How does it feel to know where you came from?" Um, I guess it's hard to say because I I don't know anything else. But in, in my case, I really don't like where I came from. Sometimes I wish that I didn't know. And how do you just, um, well, I was going to ask, how do you live with that? But you're not sleeping. Yeah. I don't know if I'm doing a great job, but I think each of you have taught me a lot and, um, being with you helps. You know, I never knew where exactly I came from. And when I was younger, I thought that it was okay. Like I didn't need to know. But the older that I get, it just feels like a really big piece of me that's missing. Which sounds silly because lots of people don't know where they came from. But, uh, it's a really big deal for me. And I didn't know it. That makes sense. Sometimes I wonder who I really am. For what it's worth, I feel like all of my answers to that question have been found far away from home. I'm not saying you won't learn anything there. I understand why you're going back. But for me, I think you guys show me who I am. Yeah. You also know where you came from. That's true. Well, maybe we'll find what you're looking for. And then I look down and I shuffle the ground a bit with my boots. And I say, "Um, I keep having these dreams, these bad dreams, and I end up dying in them. Like ostrich buffalo dreams? That's Um, what I still dream about. Sometimes it includes the dying, sometimes not. And I was about to tell him everything, and I decided to just pat him on the back and say, yeah, like that, like ostrich buffaloes. 
Yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm sorry, you've got it too. You hear Shoban's voice groggily just, So the trick to sleeping is shutting up and closing <laughs> your eyes. Sorry, Show. See, you don't need to go to the peak. Shut up and close your eyes. <laughs> I haven't tried so, that uh, one. <laughs> so I just lay down and I um, snuggle up next to Che and try to and close my eyes. Try to sleep. Che is actually asleep, but he <laughs> still unconsciously like puts an arm around you and snuggles himself closer. And as everyone tries to get a good night's sleep, the night passes. It's morning. You get on a rune and continue on your way to the foggy swamp. And you find yourself moving to the directions or trying to follow the directions to where this hermit might live. Hermits don't have like an address. So you've got like a vague sense of where she might be. Um, but you spend, you know, you get there, you know, early in the morning, early afternoon and spend a few hours trying to search for this hermit's shack. And eventually you find it. It is up on a lone hill next to a giant tree that's encasing it, encompassing it with, uh, its giant palm branches and Liko, as you look at this house, as you're back here in your home, the sense of finality washes over you as though this is the first step towards where you have always been moving. Guys, I think this is it. Cool. Let's take her down I'm a little hesitant going in like I my legs are shaking she's probably in the saddle behind you <clears throat> so I reach forward and kind of like hold the reins with you if I can like that far forward and I don't like make any move to like make you you know land or anything like that but just to Steady you. And, and I guess uh, I was just going to say, I guess we land. Yeah. And and with Chase comfort, you land Rue a little bit away from the shack and begin making your way up to it. And you get to the front door and you knock and you hear, uh, just, just a minute, coming, coming. The door swings open, and it is this woman. She is old, gray, white hair, wrinkled face. I wasn't expecting visitors today. Well, don't really expect visitors ever, I guess. Benefit of living by yourself. What can I do for the four of you? Um... And I step up and um, I'm still shaking, but I, uh, I say, hi, um, 
I'm Liko. My my parents were Sutik and Kuneti. And her eyes get wide. Ah, come, come, come in, come in. Uh, I'm, I'm Onak, Onak of the Northern Water Tribe. I knew your parents. I knew their parents. You, you know my grandparents? She smiles. We all lived in the same village. Come, come in. I'm, I'm making tea. Uh, thank you. This is Che. And I point Hello. to Ren. This is Ren. Hi. And this is Shoban. Uh, he like gives like a slight bow. And um, there usually is another, but he's not here today. We all carry a sense of loss. Can sense it all around the three of you, the four of you. Please, sorry, come in, come in, come in. And she hobbles away for but a moment. And from back in her kitchen, you can hear, take a seat, make yourselves at home. I'll be, I'll ride out with the tea. We all sit on like a couch. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little too small for all four it's, of us. And, and it's I a little the damp. The awkwardness of that. Yeah, yeah. It's a little damp, too. Ooh, <laughs> just like just enough to make you be like, what is happening right now? And eventually she comes back. She's carrying a tray with, with a teapot and uh, five tea glasses. And she sets it on her table and, and takes a seat in her chair as the four of you are scrunched up on a singular couch. <laughs> So, know about um, any red-bladed swords? We'll and I look that. at Ren and, <laughs> and Shoban and go, I've been dreaming about a red sword. And um, So not ostrich buffalo? Ren just looks confused sword. and rubs his eyes. <laughs> Jay also looks very confused at Ren. <laughs> Shoban just nods. And of course, of Red course. sword... And um, I disappear into it. Oh, I think that's I think that's the, the gist of everything. You're speaking of the blood key. Yes. And now I'm on alert. Uh, I I guess so. <sighs> I'll answer your questions. Indulge, an old woman. Let me tell you a story first. And she starts talking. And if this were our own Avatar show, it would... uh, uh, Do you remember when uh, there's the tale of the two brothers who are fighting? And it switches to that almost like parchment-esque story? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like that. It's like these these figures are drawn on this parchment paper, but they they begin being animated and, and moving. And we hear Onok's voice in the background. 10,000 years ago, there was a war between the people of the Four Nations 
and the spirits. The spirits had been attacked mercilessly by humans for, for generations. And a wise young man cut the two realms in half, prevented the humans and the spirits from interacting with each other. But in that time, the spirits planned their revenge, wanted to get back at the humans for the hurt that they had caused on them. And after generations of planning, they tore a hole into our world. And so many lives were lost. The humans had no defense against the spirits. Small villages were completely decimated. There was one village in the mountains of the Northern Water Tribe. Its name lost to the records. There was a man there, a very talented smith. And he built a forge. He vowed to create something that he could use to defend his family. And when the spirits got word of this, they sent everything that they had at this village. And in the process, the man lost his wife. And his grief and his anger and his loss allowed him to create a terrible weapon, the blood key. He poured all of his being into making that sword. And for a time it worked. He was heroic, defending his village, his people, taking out spirits left and right. But when you create something with broken chi, it eventually stops working. It started to drain him. And in front of all of his people, in front of his daughter, who now was an adult, she watched as her father disintegrated and absorbed into the jewel at the hilt of the sword. And as he was disappearing, he made a promise that after 100 generations have passed, someone of his lineage would be brought into the sword and empower it forever. At this point in time, the war between the humans and the spirits had waned. The spirits went back to the spirit world. And there was peace. But the blacksmith's daughter always cautious, worried that the spirits would come back, took up her father's sword. And so it came that at the end of her life, 
she became absorbed into the sword. And the sword was passed on to her children, who at the end of their lives were absorbed into the sword and passed on to their children. Generation after generation after generation. I grew up in that village. I grew up with your parents, Nico. Your parents were the 99th generation. And that makes me the hundredth. You are the last of your blood. Got really good lineage keeping books up there in the Northern Water Tribe. She laughs. Uh, they are spiritual numbers, not necessarily the exact count. Well, okay. So obvious answer. We just destroy the stupid hilt that's in Ren's bag and we don't have to worry about this. You have the blood key with you. Yeah. Yeah, we think Ren, so. Got, Ren got the hilt. tremblingly produces it while trying to keep it as far away from Liko as possible. <laughs> Jay will snatch it out of your hand really quick as he gets up. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and he'll walk over to like the corner of the room. And I, um, I don't know if there's like a finished floor in here. Uh, Probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'll, I'll just bend some dirt straight up from the ground and just start yeah. compressing it and melting it into lava. Wow. So we just yeah. melt this thing and then there's no issue. There's no bad dreams. There's nothing to worry about. Case cut and dry. You'll find that... Lava will not accomplish what you are looking for. If you're looking to destroy the sword, the only place to do it is back in the forge where it was created. Of course. I do it anyways. <laughs> throw, throw you throw the lava, lava. lava on it and yeah, you wait for what Jay seems like. It. You, wait. Yep. you wait for what Just seems like way too much time. And then you pull the lava away. I, I told you. I Did you think I was lying to you? I was just hoping. Hoping you were wrong. Not really. <sighs> the story's been passed down in our village for generations. It's not He wrong. just stomps the hilt. He just <laughs> it's on the ground because he can't hold it because it's too it's hot. <laughs> if you are interested in destroying it, you'll have to go back. It has a new name now. The village in the mountains is now called Spirit's End. Of course it is. Um, is there any... I mean, there probably are, but do, is there anyone in particular who's after this blood key? There are... She pauses. It's more than that it can hurt spirits. It's that the blood key has the ability to cut through spiritual barriers. The most general of that is a spirit itself. But it has other uses. There are many people who would be after that power. 
many spirits who would want to either hold the sword in order to prevent humans from using it against them or to take out their own competition. And you're saying that my family they're 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 in this sword. Their spirit she nods. What happens if someone's spirit enters the sword? Child, I wish I knew. No one who's gone in has come out. So you just disappear. And you can't come back. It is final. And I look at Che and I go, just like my dream. Hey, that's not going to happen. We're going to go to the forge. And we're going to destroy this thing. And then, you know, maybe we'll free 99 generations worth of your family's spirits. Again, not the actual number. It's more representational of like a long time. Okay, anyways. Besides bringing it back there, how do we destroy it? That's it. That's it? We have to to take it to the forge and... Is there like a hammer? Cast it into the fire. (laughs) He just couldn't help himself. Is there a forge I have to start? Like, is it is it like? I I only know what's been passed down. I'm assuming there's a fire there. I'm assuming that the blacksmith's hammer and tongs are there as well, too, imbued with the same energy that he used to create the sword. And to be clear, the sword was made. With lots of hate and vengeance? She looks at you, Ren. Yes, but just because something was made imperfectly does not mean that it can't do some good in this world. She looks then at Liko as she says that. Okay. I have one last question. What can you tell me about Iron? I think I... I remember a friend from the Earth Nation that your parents brought to Spirit's End. Yes, yes, Iron. They were... inseparable, the three of them. He stayed for years, and (laughs) the three of them got into (sighs) so much trouble. I heard that they left, and I heard that your parents died, and I never heard from Iron again. What would happen, or what is your opinion if you found out he was still alive? He always seemed very gregarious. Became somewhat of the follower in the group, always listening to Sutek and Konedi. But he did have he had a, 
a look in his eye as though he wasn't just acquiescing to what other people did. It was like he was planning everything, figuring out when to give up and when to say just the right phrase to get Sutek or Konedi to agree with him. He was a smart one, that Iron. Uh, you've been very helpful. And thank you for letting us into your home. Of course. Thanks for the tea. Anytime. She smiles. And, and then I, yeah. I get up and I start to make my way towards the door. And the last thing you hear as you're the group of you are walking out, Nico, the last thing you hear is We're very proud of you. You were always destined for great things. No matter what you choose. You don't even know me. You know that's not true. And I just nod and I walk out the door. Um, Chase stays to the like inside of the room to the, like the left of the door. As Ren walks out, he hands Ren back the hilt and says, "Keep this in your bag." away from her will do um and if as ren and show file out he'll turn to this lady you don't know her and she isn't some tool to complete some story for whatever <laughs> you people that failed her left for her the only story is the one that she chooses to tell. Just like my husband, who had the sword before her parents, chose. Does it feel like a lot of choosing is going on? It feels like that. When you get to one of those moments, you'll know. I very much doubt that. I'm very stubborn. And I will walk out of the, the house. Take care of her. I intend to. You leave. Get on a route. Begin the long journey back to the Northern Water Tribe. The directions that Onak gave you are, are further north, past Onkela in the mountains. And it takes you, obviously, quite a long time to get there. A few days, at least. Um, if I can, at some point on the way there, uh, I just want show to approach Liko briefly. Yeah. Um, so he, he walks up and he goes, all this, uh, all this talk about everything happening makes me realize that, um, I never properly apologized for and just kind of looks at your arm. Uh, yeah, I'm 
I'm sorry for everything you went through because of me. It's not your fault that, uh, that that happened. But it is my fault that I rushed in instead of waiting to make sure what I did wouldn't hurt anyone I cared about. And, um, just whatever happens, I've, I've got your back. Okay. Thanks, Shell. And, um, you know, I'm sorry too. Let's just, it's a, go ahead. It's a. Uh, it's hard sometimes to uh, to see you. Not because of who you are, but uh, just a lot of stuff, you know. Um, just reminds me of something I've been trying to get away from, move past. Well, how about this? We figure all this out and then we figure out how to leave it all behind us together, okay? Sounds good. Good. Where's Che? Uh, in and assuming out. Assuming that when, <laughs> yeah, yeah while, this is, while this conversation is going, the Che conversation is happening too? Che conversation. Yeah, you were having a conversation with um. Uh, oh, hermit. like oh, and then I come out of the house. Okay, sorry. yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> I was like, I'm what assuming is this that's happening? what was happening. Yeah, no, and this no, it was happening, and this uh, Johnny intended it to happen right as Che was leaving or something. No, no, I, I don't know. That, that's that's great. Yeah, you saw Che go to the bathroom. You're like, that's my opportunity to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> What are you guys talking about? Oh, you know. Stuff. We're so just, are we going? We're just making amends, Che. That's all. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we're, I mean, I guess we're gone. Yeah. Going to um, Spirit's End. Seems like a very yeah, happy not, place. Yeah, it's super not ominous. Not at all. Even a little mm. bit. Welcoming. Ren has saddled up as far right away there. as possible from you, Liko. <laughs> as we're climbing onto Rue, I say to Che, you guys really had me believing that Osa was the only one with weird stuff going on for a while. <laughs> no, we all got weird stuff. It's just his is the weirdest. I don't you know, know <laughs> if that's true, man. Osa, then Liko, then. <laughs> The next thought is kind of harder to determine, but <laughs> those two very clear. <laughs> um, you continue on the journey, and eventually you make your way into the mountains of the Northern Water Tribe. You, as you are approaching the village of Spirits End, um, you can see that the the village has not seen people for some time. Most of the houses are in ruin. And it is empty, save for a singular figure standing in the middle of the village. And 
maybe a mile or two behind them, you can see that there is a, a cave entrance. That must be where the forge is. So you land on the other side of the village. And as you begin walking up, you get closer to this figure and you can see that it is Iron. And as you get closer, you realize that something is terribly, terribly wrong with him. This sense of foreboding, uh, anxiety and dread overtakes you as those same cracks and lines that you saw in Kavo now adorn Iron's broken face. He's just standing in the middle of this empty village, houses decimated surrounding him. Didn't you bring down the cave on him, Nico? Actually, I, I thought I did worse. Yeah, that's not Iron. I don't think it really matters what you did, Nico. Uh, I, th- I shoot a bomb at him. <laughs> I don't. Screw this. It no questions asked. Hits yeah, him just... in the chest and explodes. And when the dust settles, he is there unfazed. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. Honestly, <sighs> I just had to do it. Welcome. I bet you're uh, surprised to see me here. Cat got your yes. tongue? Ah, yes. You can talk. Well, I heard you say it. Obviously, I'm not Iron. I'm not quite Kavo. I'm something in between, something new. I think we've had enough of that. Yeah, all of it. I couldn't leave quite yet. I still had so many plans. So many things that we needed to accomplish. I assume you're here to destroy the blood key. Yeah, it was kind of a loose end. Well, I brought some friends to stop you. And the ground, the whole mountain begins to tremble and shake as climbing over the mountain, quickly rushing towards you, is a hundreds of spirits, all with that same corrupted purple ichor that you have now seen so many times before they begin barreling down towards you and as you turn around iron smiles and goes i'll see you soon and he disappears what do you all do as the spirits begin rushing towards they're you? coming up the mountain towards us or are we on like up and down level? uh oh, and just like surrounding us yeah surrounding you pretty much the only way is into the forge okay we uh we head towards the forge but i'll motion to show Uh, i'm assuming these homes are made out of stone some of them some of them are made of ice as well uh whatever stone 
like I can see or manage yeah. in, in like my vicinity, I start lifting and bringing with us and I yeah. motion to show to do the same. Yeah. I think Shoban was already in the process of like taking whatever stones Che had not grabbed and just trying to make like a wall that he's like kind of moving, like a moving wall behind us. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's way cooler. We do that. That's, so that's cool. <laughs> you you do that and as this wave of spirits hits the wall, it stops them for a moment and very quickly they just rush past it. There are too many of them. There's like this like bat that comes like flying towards you all. Uh, and Ren, maybe you like knock it out of the sky with, with one of your weapons. It is becoming very apparent that you have but one recourse, and that is to go further into the mountain towards the forge. Guys, I don't think we can win this one. We back, we back into the forge. I pull some of the stones with me. Uh, when we get to the cave, um, Shoban, let go. And I will take whatever stones we have and start spinning them and create like a, like a circling, spiraling like disc of lava. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. You, you do that. You continue to run back into the forge and that lava disc, that lava star holds them for a moment. Just enough time for you to get to the forge. You see now this massive cavern and at the end of it, this ginormous obsidian forge. It is unlit currently and next to it you see smithing tools. You can still hear the rumble of the mountain as these spirits are momentarily held off by the lava, but you know you have to make a decision very quickly. Yeah. Otherwise, is there uh, like coal or wood or anything like that in here? Uh, there can be. Yeah, like yeah. There's, there's, there's also is this mountain? Coal. Is this cave made out of actual stone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, then, uh, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, I think Shoban, I start gathering wood and, and coal and, and mm -hmm. filling the, mm -hmm. the forge with it. And even though I can't magma bend, glass bending, you still have to get the rock really hot. So I, I get it yeah. hot enough to ignite. Hot the, enough. Yeah. Like I think between between the two of you, especially with the magma and, and the glass, you guys can light this forge. And as it's lit, you look at Ren, who has this sword hilt in his pack. You look at Liko, and then you look down towards the cave entrance and can see that there are still hundreds of spirits that are rushing towards you. And as the earthbenders in the group, you are probably the most qualified to keep them say, at change. bay. Uh, I, I turn to Liko and Ren and I'm like, you guys destroy the sword. We'll hold them off. And uh, he will reach out to Liko's hand uh, to squeeze it. And let's go and moves on. 
So I let go and um, I take one last look at Che and then I I say, okay, let's go. And uh, Ren and I try to get this sword. The forge is lit. Ren, you, you can now put the sword hilt into the forge. You see as Che and Liko have a moment and then Sho and Che go to the cave entrance to try and continue to put up obstacles in the way of the hundreds of spirits that are still barreling towards you. Ren places it in. As you are taking it out of the pack and about to place it in, you hear a crash behind you. As the walls and the stones that your two earthbenders are putting up are decimated as these spirits begin pouring into the cave. Liko, time slows down. You look at Ren, who is tentatively holding this sword hilt, looking at you to know what to do to put it in the forge. You look back behind you to see that these spirits have overrun Che and Osa. You see a dozen or so flying spirits that are just dive bombing show. Shows just like curled into his rock armor, just trying to keep himself safe. As this giant crab comes up behind Che, when Che is like trying to throw off these other spirits, you see this giant corrupted spirit with these claws come up behind Che, grab both of his arms and lift him up into the air and begin pulling. Leiko, do you think you should use the sword? I'm sorry, Ren. I'm going to have to leave you again. And I take the sword and I decide to sacrifice myself by empowering it. Liko, you grab the sword. You grab the sword from Ren's hand. Focus all of your chi and mental energy into this thing and nothing happens for a moment and then something clicks in your head you feel warm and happy as though you've found your place in this world found your family and for a moment you think it's because your lineage is in this sword But then you look up and you see Ren and you see Che, Cho, and your thoughts drift to wherever Rosic is and Osa. And a smile comes on your face as you start to disintegrate in front of Ren's eyes. Liko, stop. Make it stop. Ren rushes towards Liko, trying to peel the hilt out of her hands. Whatever 
powers this sword has keeps it tight in Liko's grip. Ren, now you can see that it is basically just her arms and her face. Liko, what is the last thing you say to Ren? I say, don't worry. You got this. And there is a blinding red light. And when your eyes adjust to Ren, Liko is no longer there. The sword hilt now lays at your feet, but it is no longer just a sword hilt. The gem in the center is glowing bright red, and there is now a blade. It's both somehow bright and dull shifting and when you look back at the cave entrance Sho and Che are safe the light from the sword and the energy released has killed the spirits attacking them they're hurt obviously they're like on the ground panting but the three of you are safe in this room now. Tremblingly, Ren picks up the sword and stares into the blade. Why, Liko? Uh, I walk up to Ren. I snatch the sword out of his hands because any one of us would have done it. Let's go. She's gone. Yeah. Sensing what Ren needs, but Che can't give him in this moment, I, I walk over and just pull Ren into a hug. She just walks out of the cave. I pull away from you, Ren. He, he shouldn't be alone. Let's go. Okay. You walk outside of the cave, and landing in front of you is Rue. And she looks at the three of you inquisitively. Oh? Held my hand up to her. She pulls away. I'm sorry, girl. And... Rue lets out a mournful cry. That just echoes off of the mountains. Uh, at this point, I'm assuming Ren and Sho follow me out. I sort of drop the sword so that it sort of stakes itself into the ground. And then I sort of push past, move. And I hold my hands out. And I pull the entire cave, like the whole mountain, down into the cave. The cave collapses. So that no one else can find this forge ever again. 
This wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't nope. supposed to happen. It was not. I put a hand on Ren's shoulder. I, th I think she's been telling you this was going to happen for days. I don't understand. Couldn't we have run from this? You think Liko was going to run? She ran two things on away from them. I don't understand. What? Shouldn't we still get rid of the sword? No. Carries whatever's left of Liko in it. No one's going to get rid of the sword. And if if that story is true this might be the only thing capable of ending all of this right i mean she's trapped in there we don't know what it's like we don't know you're you're right ren but if we want to be rid of cavo getting rid of this sword getting rid of the thing that Liko just sacrificed herself for isn't gonna help anything at the mention of Kavo's name, Ren's face goes white with rage. Where is he? Wasn't he just standing out here? Let's kill him. He's probably ran off to some base or somewhere. Ren starts looking around back and forth desperately. Come out! He's gone, e Echoes off of the mountains. Nothing happens. He can't have gone far. Ren! Stop. We need to take a minute. We are not a minute going for what? to mourn. Kavo isn't here anymore. We need to go back to Ba Sing Se to regroup, to collect ourselves, to, to find Rozak and end this the right way. And maybe if we do that, maybe there's a way Osa can bring her back. But we're not going to figure all of that out right now. That's right. We're going to figure out where Kavo is. And we're going to say hello. Uh, che has wrapped up the sword in like a you know pack blanket at this point and has made like a little strap. He puts it over his shoulder. Um, Sho just walks up to to Rue. Rue, I am so sorry. Liko is gone, but will you take us home? It lets she lets out one more mournful cry. And then lowers herself for the three of you to mount her. Considering both of their uh, opposite, though tenuous emotional states, show's going to get in front <laughs> to guide, guide Ru home. Makes sense. And as you all get on Ru and take off to go back to Bossing, say, the, the pack around the sword loosens just a little bit until we see just the jewel. And the camera starts going into the jewel, 
And as we enter it, Liko, you are standing outside of a cabin that you've seen in the foggy swamp, a house that the last time you saw it was broken, abandoned, but you know this is the house that you grew up in. This is where your parents had you. But it's no longer broken, it's standing as it did back then. And the door swings open, and you see two figures standing in the doorway. And you don't know how you know this, but it's your mother and your father. And they're just looking at you with a grin on their face and they reach their hand out towards you. Mom? She takes your hand and pulls you into a hug. Oh, my water lily. We are so sorry for everything that happened to you. I really wish you met my friends. And Sutik smiles and he puts his hand on your shoulder. We've been with you almost this entire time, Liko. We saw them. And we saw you. And we are so, so proud of you. And he joins the hug. I'm going to miss them. Is the hug. Is there a way I could, if you were with me, maybe there's a way I could always, you know, be with them. And the, the image shifts a little bit. You feel something move and you look back, back out the doorway to where the foggy swamp would be, but this time you see your friends they're riding on rue they're riding away from a mountain and then your mother lets go of the hug for a moment and grabs your face tenderly so she can look you directly in the eye <laughs> when your love is as strong for somebody when you put everything you have to protecting those that you care about, you will always be there with them. And the three of you turn around and just watch your friends as they fly back towards Bossing say. And the scene goes to black. And we open up on Spirit's End again. But this time, the this village is not in ruin. <laughs> it has been rebuilt. The cave is still collapsed. And there are people milling about. And before where we saw the figure of 
Iron standing in the center of the village. There's it looks like another figure, but as the camera gets closer, we realize that it is a statue, a stone statue of Liko. And there are kids running around, and there's an older man who's just sort of standing in front of the statue, looking up at it. And one of the kids accidentally runs into this figure. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, mister, we were just playing tag. Uh, and then the child gets quiet, looking at the statue again. And the camera shifts up to see, and we see uh, an old chainel launcher. He nods and he kneels down next to the child <laughs> and he puts his hand on her shoulder and says have I ever told you the story of the one-armed waterbender and the scene fades and we will see you next week oh, wow Monroe, from all of us at the Flying Bison Podcast, from all of the listeners, thank you. Thank you for what you've put into this story and your character. And Liko will always be part of the story. Thank you. Thank you guys for, I mean, being open to me joining the group and thank you Steve for uh pleading <laughs> pleading to my voice acting skills to to join a a podcast that uh didn't really have a there was no there was no game book or nothing like that it wasn't developed <laughs> when we started so this was really just a shot in the dark yeah. and um it's been it's been quite a journey so thank you for having me. Oh, well, we will be back next week without Monroe, but Monroe will be back. What you eating there, Nick? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, you know, somebody had to break the tension. No one had to break the I guess it was me. <laughs> it was Monroe. We'll be back one day, and we cannot wait for that day to come. And mm -hmm. in the meantime, we still have a spirit to take out. So we will see where the rest of the story takes us. And thank you so much for exploring the Four Nations with us. And we will see you next week. Bye. 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 See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Flying Bison Podcast is an independent podcast. If you feel like directly supporting the show, please check out our Patreon. While the Flying Bison podcast seeks to emulate the tone of Avatar The Last Airbender, this is an improv tabletop role-playing game, and the actors may briefly depict scenes with more mature story elements. Avatar Legends is developed and produced by Magpie Games. The worlds of Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar The Legend of Korra are property of Viacom CBS. Intro music is Dizu by Sendai, and outro music is Tokyo Funk by LATG Music. 
logo and art by Kate and Matthew Menke. You can find more of their work at pomican.com. Link in the show notes. <laughs>